All right, this is, uh, we were given a cold open by, I did not ask if this person wanted to identify themselves, but someone who, uh, had gathered that we needed help. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, <laughs> can you say who it was and we'll cut it out? <laughs> yeah, this was our guest from last week. Okay, okay sure. Uh, if... It's probably fine. If uh, being John Malkovich was being written now by, like, uh-huh. a new person, who, what actor would they write in instead of John Malkovich? Right. That's, that's a good question. Yeah. person that everyone would be. Yeah. I can give a few answers. So it's now? It's now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if, um, there are a lot of directions you could take this question. There like, are. I, c- I could think of a John Malkovich equivalent, but I could also think of like a studio thinking about it now, like what they right. Oh sure. Try to push. Well, sure. Right. I I think what we want is like we want like Charlie Kaufman is whatever writing on spec or whatever. He is, yeah. he is writing it now. Who would he write? Um, which is it? It's obviously tough to be like what was john malkovich in the late 90s well he's like you know an oscar right e guy a blockbuster kind guy of. He's like i looked like... it up he had two oscar nominations one of them was for the most recent one was for in the line of fire which is crazy right. i didn't yes. know that happened and then the other one was just like some more oscary movie that's um eddie redmayne Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad answer, but it's a terrible answer. Yeah. I mean, right. Would it, or maybe like, I've, I feel like having the actor Plemons? be British is a little... I have thought of Plemons. Plemons is someone sure. who I thought of. I think he works. Plemons is... Yeah. So I think there has to be some element of just like, a curiosity about like, what is this guy's life even? Yeah. Uh, uh, Mark uh-huh. Rylance also. Right. <laughs> Rylance is like too much. Uh, Paul Dano was her answer, and I sure. said that's good, except for that it's weird that he is also a writer and director. Right. I mean, I, um, I'm, Sasha I, Baron Cohen. No, that's a totally different thing. Yeah. John John Malkovich was a Steppenwolf guy, right? Yeah. I think. Yep. So. Michael Shannon. I also Shannon's thought good. of Michael Shannon. Right. Michael I Shannon was... is like the same stature, but the opposite energy. Right. I yeah. yeah. This is like I want to think like the the for me the key thing seems to be like someone who you can imagine doing like Shakespeare in the Park or something like someone Ooh, who like Jeremy Strong. That's that's pretty sure. Cute. I was thinking like Oscar Isaac maybe. Like, Oscar is too famous. Oscar yeah. Isaac's like too famous and right. too. He has done character roles, but is you know Manny, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I guess there is some level of like, what is this guy up to? <laughs> like, what is what is it? What's going yeah. on in his mind? Yeah. 
Also has the he's a writer and director problem, but even he... fewer people remember that than remember Wildlife, I think. Yeah. It's been so long since I've seen Being John Malkovich. I forget, like, what Malkovich is like in it. Other he's than... just, like, he's kind like a normal of a guy. prick and a yeah. weirdo, but, yeah. like, not egregiously so. Right. Um... We like single. That's the thing I've been thinking about a lot. That's where it, true. Where yeah. it's like it, I don't know if he was actually single though, or if he just had a partner who didn't get rich. I mean, the movie. I feel if he's still like, is he married? I can't imagine. He can just my, be married to like a regular person. What about feel like who's just like uh, he's? John. I think my my conception of how old Malkovich was at the right. time is off. Because <laughs> yeah. now I'm thinking like Michael Keaton. <laughs> No, he's like in his mid. Yeah, Michael Keaton is like I think is just the same age. What about uh, John uh, Malkovich, Daniel Craig? That's good. That's interesting. That's fun. Because like obviously, like he was in a franchise. He like obviously by the end of that franchise was like very creatively involved, and like he like was the one who like brought on Phoebe Waller Bridge or whatever to like you know do the rewrites um and then like but also he just is sort of an actor who sort of bums around and now seems to just mm-hmm. be having fun like yeah yes i think another key to it is that the title has to be funny it, it sort sure. of has to be like you see the sure. title and you're like oh that malkovich is just such a beautiful name to being frank langella <laughs> oh <laughs> yikes yeah <laughs> that one's a problem of the uh the intimacy being... coordinator scene is a uh, yikes <laughs> being <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. Mm. Ruffalo is not bad. No, I'm thinking of the ones that we've said already. Being Michael Shannon, being Paul Dano. I feel like yeah, Shannon's maybe the best answer we've. we've Shannon's gotten. pretty good. What if you being Kelvin it? Harrison Jr. You gender flipped it. You do like being Margot Martindale. Mm. <laughs> She'd kill that, being, I feel like. I think she'd be really good. Yeah. Um, he has uh, had the same partner since 1989. You're I birth. don't know if... Uh, oh, she was the second AD on the Sheltering Sky is where they met. Sure. So basically a regular person. Right. Being Yaya Abdul-Mateen the second. Sure. I mean, now you're just very far afield. Yeah, that's well, yeah. right. <laughs> I sort of um, <laughs> only listed people in the trial of the Chicago 7 cast. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by Andy Gramuga. Uh, number one trial of the Chicago 7, Stan Cullen. You haven't even seen it. Fuck Olin Valor. This podcast. Fake uh, <laughs> Emilio Diaz. All right. Um, what a... That was... Uh, today, we're talking about... We're, we're doing a little uh, pair of episodes in which we'll be... Uh, Looking forward to this year's Cannes Film Festival and talking about some of the big directors. Uh, I guess probably by the time we talk about Martin Scorsese in two weeks, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon will have premiered. Uh, But not when we're recording it, but when it comes out. But now we're talking about uh, today, 
Wes Anderson's film, The Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, but we do have a little bit of news uh, before we get to that. We're in the sort of can gearing up. We, uh, you know, they're right. kind of, most of the stuff is out there. They're slowing down. By the time you hear this episode, still... there will be a schedule, theoretically. Sure, the schedule came out yesterday. Uh, that is mainly an Emilio thing. Right. Uh, but we're not going to yeah, cut in did... and discuss it. Is, is no, what I we're don't saying. Think... Inle- you know, unless there is a movie that had not been announced that is in the schedule, we will not cut in and discuss it. But we did get from Can uh, the last bit that we got was the Can Classics lineup, which mainly is uh, where they finally put in the. Uh, the Godard short, which I think perhaps, unfortunately, has been renamed Phony Wars. Yes, instead of Entirely Wars. possible that that is a more apt name, but a yeah. much less good name. Yes. Uh, they're also going to show Contempt and uh, a documentary uh, about him. And then, yeah, you know, it's like... Uh, mostly new stuff. There's other, like, documentaries about filmmakers that are new. I guess the other, uh, um, documentary, there's that, there was that, uh, I think it was announced maybe even at Cannes last year, a sequel to that movie Room, I think the Vim Vendors one from the 80s was called Room 666, where he just, like, had a bunch of other directors into a hotel room and, like, asked them what they think the future of cinema is. And so there's a new one of those directed by someone named Lubna Pleust, uh, that, you know, it sounds like it's like a bunch of famous directors again. Vendors is in it, but then like other people who are more famous now. It might have been shot at Cannes last year because that's when they were doing that anniversary thing and a bunch of people were in town. Uh, and then, you know, there's restorations. The big uh, restoration, I feel like, is there's finally uh, going to be a restoration of La Morfou, the Jacques Rivette film. Uh, some Ozu, some Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. It's a, a class. Oh, and then uh, Jim Jarmish's band did uh, new scores for a bunch of Man Ray films. It's the other new thing, which. Great. Sure. Yeah. Sounds like a can't miss event. Jim Jarmish's yeah. band, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah. What's the name definitely of that band? Definitely a thing I knew Squirrel. existed before three minutes ago. It's Squirrel, but it's S Q U R L with a umlaut over the U. Great. That doesn't sound exhausting at all. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna pay Andy five hundred dollars to listen to everything <laughs> they put out. <laughs> Which I might, think they which their first album maybe nothing. came out earlier this year. <laughs> yeah, this I was like, gonna say uh, it's, it's either two songs or five hundred songs. I no think this is a relatively <laughs> new venture for him, at least in terms of recording. Sure, you um, we all know the uh, Billy Bob Thornton, right? Uh, when he 
is on the radio station right. and they like introduce him as an actor and he totally like ices out the host because he was like i'm here as a musician right. and i feel like the underrated thing about that is they're like we've put out five double albums so far <laughs> uh the first disc is all originals the second disc is all covers sure yeah and of course uh we're all uh, just waiting for the day where we can see Woody Allen at the Cafe Carlisle plays clarinet. So true. Again. <laughs> Who's we? <laughs> the podcast collectively. Can I kick? No, absolutely Whoa. not. Uh, there, boy, how exciting! <laughs> uh, the first Squirrel album. Uh, no, not going it came deep out on Squirrel two days ago, May fifth. Whoa! As we uh, features. Collaborations with Charlotte Gainsbourg, Annika, and Mark Rabot. Yeah. Charlotte Gainsbourg. That's who I want. Uh, we're going to record album. ourselves listening to that, and you can get it as a coffee subscriber. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's going to get pressed into vinyl. That's what Uh, and then, of course, Damien Chazelle is yes. going to be the president of the Venice jury. Yes. Hot off of not premiering his movie there. <laughs> yeah. He knew it was too hot. Yeah, kind of a, I get it, but also, like, a little bit lame. Like, you know, it's fine. We'll see what the rest of the jury looks like. There's not a lot to say. It is very funny that, like, they announced it, like, the day after yes. the can jury was lined. Yeah, so it really, funny. it really does seem like they've had this locked in and waiting for it to announce for a while. Yeah. And Fromo, like, for... called them up and was like, please wait until I announce my full jury. Like, Oh, no, I think it was the opposite. I think it was that they maybe knew and then, like, the can lineup came out and they were like, we've got, you know, our thing's way, people are going to talk about our thing way more than their thing. Sure. Right? Um, I think my theory is that the reason Can couldn't find the jury is because Can kept asking people and then Venice kept at, it went to those same people and were like, we'll pay you double. <laughs> just kept or what to- if Venice was doing like the um, the divorce lawyer thing where they kept, sure. go- they just like were going to people early right. and they were like, because we've talked to you, you can't be on the Can jury. It's a conflict <laughs> <Yeah>. of interest. <laughs> They should let people do multiple juries in a year. I think that would be that'd be fun. I don't think it's that they don't. I mean, sure, let them. Just no one has ever asked. I think it'd be really funny if, like, ever if 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 like the year that all the festivals like were were like we're all sharing Nomadland or whatever during the pandemic, if they were like we're all gonna have this person be our on our jury this year. I think that'd be fun. Sure, they just like pick someone who they were like. We don't know, just like some old guy. And they're like, we don't know how much longer we've got. We're just all going right. to get it out of the way this year. Shall we discuss the movie now? Yeah. Is it Tenenbaum's time? So Royal what Tenenbaum's. Do we, have, uh, had... do we have background on, on the uh, film? Premiered in New York Film Festival. Mm-hmm. It's Wes Anderson's right. His film. third movie. He had yep. is it's Bottle Rocket and what's the other one? Rush Rushmore. Rushmore, right? And so Rushmore was like the breakout, right? Like Bottle Rocket yeah. was like had not gotten 
too much I mean, attention you know, at the time. People saw Bottle right. Rocket, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was but Rushmore was the one that well, it's was like, like produced oh, by James L. Brooks, like sure, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it was like I think it happened more do, like back in the day than it does now. Of just like a uh, launch in stages where it's like people saw Bottle Rocket, like Bottle Rocket, right. which gave yeah, them the right. platform to do Rushmore, which got them more right. Right, like I think it's not, you know, it's probably along the lines of like uh, Reservoir Dogs Pulp Fiction of like, certainly Reservoir Dogs was a thing and then like Pulp Fiction was like, oh, this is the new guy. Right, and then there was, and then people went back. And like so, the the first thing got even more and more attention from. Uh, I don't even know if yeah. that happened. Like I, I don't know. I saw Bottle Rocket years ago and was just like, this isn't that good. It's he hadn't gotten it yet. Uh, I watched Bottle Rocket a couple of years ago and was like, this is great. I wish he would do <laughs> I don't more know. movies like that. Um, um, but yeah, yeah I've I- only seen it once. Uh, back like probably in two thousand eight. And uh, haven't seen it again since. I yeah, need to I like. It, yeah, most of his movies, probably including this, until last night, I had not seen in you know at least seven, eight years, other than the ones that have come out since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think you're you're starting to say this. I hadn't seen this in full before. I had seen yes scenes from it uh, in. Uh, like a college, my like one of my college essay writing classes was like we all had to do a project of writing about a film, uh, and this was like one of the examples where we discussed like how you might approach that because and we watched some of sure. the opening, the opening setup of of like establishing all the mm-hmm. characters and stuff. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. which obviously this movie does fairly exemplarily well yes. uh, of 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 setting the table of who who you're going to be dealing with. Um, uh, and yeah, and I haven't seen a lot of this stuff from this era of. Of Anderson, like I, the next one, I've seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, and then all the ones since then. But I haven't seen anything earlier than this, and I haven't seen anything in between this and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. so I'm missing a we, lot. You of know, Wes. yeah, he was certainly like a very early guy who I was just like, oh, I've got to see all of them. You know, yeah, like yeah. him, Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson. <coughs> except that I wasn't actually successful with Paul Thomas Anderson because I still haven't seen Hard Eight. Yeah. Um, yeah, those I, were like um, the three early on where. Yeah, this is definitely like I saw this um, in like 2005, probably 2005 or six, mm-hmm. um, like in the middle of the day, like homesick from school on like, uh, FX. And I didn't know what it was. It was just like because I um, it was like a TV in my bedroom. I didn't have a cable guide it was sure. just like yeah the sad like uh whatever right. basic cable i could get through the wire and um it was just on and i was like what is this movie i've yeah. never seen anything like this <laughs> just completely original mm-hmm. in style obviously yeah. and uh then like as it was playing and i was already like a huge like ben stiller fan and i had seen sure. it at the video store as like a just the, the like the cover of all of them standing there and I'd be like, oh my god, like, Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller in a movie, it's gonna be hilarious. It's true, yeah. And my parents were like, you don't want, yeah, it's not, right. you won't think it's funny. I, this is like, I definitely was very <laughs> aware of it at the time as, like, 
a big Ben Stiller, like 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 <laughs> yes, a guy who sure. like yeah. like I love dodgeball. I like Zoolander, <laughs> like all these movies. Like I was like, well, that's the one where he wears a tracksuit the whole time, so he's like playing a wacky yes. character in that one or whatever. Like, <laughs> yes. Uh, but then like yeah, I did get the impression that like oh, it wasn't exactly the same tone that I was looking for out of my Ben Stiller movies at the time. Wasn't gonna yeah. give me that uh, Starsky and Hutch magic. Um, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like Will Ferrell isn't in it at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah. then, yeah, obviously, Owen like, is in it. yeah, he sure is. Yeah. Two Wilson brothers. They, three get, of you they finally that, get a right. little bit of business at the end. Right. It is funny that they're both yeah. in it, but they're the ones who are pointedly not related to each other. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, I just uh, and I've seen it like countless times, and then I uh, went back and watched Rushmore and uh, Bottle mm-hmm. Rocket, and then as like. Basically, from uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox on, just like, you know, seeing them all as they come out and being very aware of everything he's doing. Yeah, I I, like I saw this at AFI, I remember pretty firmly, but that may not have even been the first time I saw it. Uh, I think I did see it on DVD before that and, and also after. So I've seen it a number of times, but not in a very long time. But it was the first movie that I've seen of his and, you know, always was like, oh, well, that one's my favorite, even though I like a lot of the other ones. Uh, and it still is. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Emilio? <laughs> Royal Tenenbaums was the first one I watched, and I was yeah. like, oh, I don't like Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I, like, took a while for me to watch. Not even that much of a while. I think, like, less than six months later, I was like, you know what? I should watch Rushmore. I know some people like Rushmore. So I watched Rushmore, and then I really liked that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I think I maybe just watched Royal Tenenbaums and just, like, didn't really get it the first time. So, so... So eventually, I just watched the rest of Wes's filmography except for Darjeeling, which I've still never seen. Sure. And after all that, I was like, I should go back and watch Royal Tenenbaums because I was just like, yeah, that was the first one I saw. I was like 13. I probably just like wasn't mm-hmm. in the headspace to really get anything mm-hmm. from that. I obviously, I don't know. I. I guess I found it hard. I guess I, as a teen, I found it hard to relate to. Not even just like, not even emotionally, just like the sort of whole New Yorkery like mm-hmm. aesthetic sure. of the whole thing was something sure. that just like completely went over my head, and I just had no context for it. So now that I also had more context for that, I tried watching Royal Tenenbaums a year ago and was like, no, I still kind of don't like this. <laughs> and then for this podcast, I rewatched it and this was the time I have liked it the most. I think it's pretty all right, but I do find it annoying in a way that I think a lot of people find with Anderson movies, but I can't tell you why. Mm-hmm. It this is this one, one. right? Yeah, this yeah. one is the one that I find annoying in contrast with the other ones that people find annoying, and I find mostly charming and right. Emotional. It is, yeah, it's interesting because, like, I've only seen like Moonrise Kingdom once and uh, Grand Budapest Hotel once, but I also like am vaguely negative on those movies. Like, I like don't, I was like, if you like, I, I remember at the time, I was like, I'm not really very impressed by this or whatever. And but then, like, I love Fantastic Mr. Fox, and like, I really did like French Dispatch a lot, 
um uh and 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 watching this one yeah i do i do think it 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 works like i think it basically works for me uh in a way that those some of those other ones that like i didn't respond as strongly to don't but like it is like that sort of thing where it's just like i can't exactly put my finger on like what makes a wes anderson movie work for me and what doesn't just to say say something really quickly Fox was the other one I sort of had this reaction with where the first time I watched Fox, I was like, I don't really like it. I don't really get it. And then the, but the second time with Fox, I was able to be like, oh no, I like this. This is good. I get it. I like mm-hmm. it maybe less than more people like that yeah. movie. Who, yeah. Yeah. But I still, yeah. but I certainly got it and was less annoyed by it than I was even this time I watched Royal Tenenbaums. Sure, and I, I do, I always have to correct myself. The first one I saw wasn't Royal Tenenbaums, because I saw Fantastic Mr. Fox in the theaters on right. its opening yeah. run, just, like, with my family. Yeah. Um, but it, it you is... know, didn't register as, like, what a director <laughs> is yet, I think. Yeah, that's... Yeah, because when, Fa- I mean, Fantastic Mr. Fox had come out, I'd already seen um, everything before it. Um, mm-hmm. Because I had caught up, but I guess yeah, that's like a a little bit. It, it, he, I mean, he definitely it's like him and Linkletter as like the two like very obvious entry points of like mm-hmm. a certain type of thing. But it was like seeing Days of Confused like on E <laughs> and just being like, this is like the only movie I care about, and then having the same exact thing with a uh, on with e. Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, Andy E used to have. Trailer shows, yeah, SNL, uh-huh. and uh, they would show movies, uh, and it was it was perfect. And then you know, if you happen to catch like a lot of b- bullshit reality TV <laughs> while you're waiting for everything else, it happens. But um, earlier this year, like late last year, I I rewatched um Royal Tenenbaums, and then uh, went back and rewatched a few of the other ones that I hadn't seen uh in a while and uh i he is a guy because like basically every time i rewatch one of his movies my opinion is opposite to what it was the last time i watched mm. <laughs> um where it's like <clears throat> uh darjeeling limited and uh life aquatic i both used to love and when i've rewatched both of those since i've like gone down a lot on them and then um moonrise kingdom is one where i didn't really have any reaction to it when I when it came out and like didn't revisit it until 2021 and now have like watched it like five more times and I do think that movie is his best work and like this it's just uh indescribably like perfect to me um but and and Tenenbaums is like a very similar it's like a very nostalgic Mm -hmm. film just because it exists in this very like the one that sort of got me in uh mm-hmm. in my life and uh it still just hits like when i rewatched it i was just like i it's, it's doing everything he does but like the biggest he'd ever done it at that, at that point and sure. uh, i i think that bigness obviously is like extended in life aquatic where that movie is like huge right. and yeah. i think it just <clears throat> the characters and everything uh i think work better here in tenabums yeah yeah, I mean, I had the same feeling watching this that I did watching French Dispatch, where I'm just like, oh, every person who's in this is maybe just giving their best performance ever. Yeah. Uh, which is maybe a more uh, popular opinion with this one. It, it is like, it's weird that, like, given 
how much you know like he works with the same people like there's almost no overlap in the cast between Ted and Baum's and French Dispatch like right. is it just sure. Owen Wilson um, Murray obviously Murray oh Murray oh and then um because um, I looked it up uh the guy who is the because I, I I'd recognize the name because he's in succession the guy who's the like TV host who I think he interviews both Eli and Margot at different right the, points. the Charlie Rose type right yeah he yeah he is in French dispatch as well and he's uh, he's Sandy Furness on um succession oh. So maybe I'll just do now. The other, I have, uh, I, I said that I had a thing to share and it's reminding. Right. I'm, I'm remembering now because it's, it's the other, let's see where it is. Here it is. All right. I'm going to send a, uh, a screenshot to the, the group chat. Okay. Oh. Uh, this is, it's from the film, The Royal Tenenbaums, uh, You'll see Gene Hackman. Uh, yeah. and That's Kieran can anyone... Culkin? No, it's not <laughs> Kieran Culkin. Uh, uh, this do is we have any more guesses? I did, cl- I did the, clock the, this the character up. as being like... So this, it, this, this is guy. not someone who you would think of as like having been around at this time. Is it Owen Klein? <laughs> no. No, he's way younger. Yeah, he's, way like, younger, still obviously. a child in Squid yeah. and the Whale. Um, bad guess, bad guess. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is that? It is, like, you'll you'll see it when I say. The hair yeah. is probably... The hair Walking. makes it tough. They do look familiar. Yeah. It... Are they... Is, is it an actor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a big year last year. Oh, is it Evan Moss Backrack? That's Evan Moss. <laughs> That's right. I, just, I saw his name in the credits and was like, yeah, oh, That's yeah. crazy. There he is. Uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't clock crazy. what character he was, but uh, yeah. That's crazy. He does not yeah. look like that. It's not currently. his first role, but it is his first role in a thing that you've heard of. Sure. So, yeah. You know, add to that... the list of uh, people discovered by Wes Anderson. They got to they gotta get back together. Yes. He, yeah, boy. I mean, I, right, I guess he could, like, show up in Asteroid City or whatever. Like, could be like, oh, yeah. Sure. Right. I feel like if Evan Moss background were in ba- Asteroid City, we'd be we like, know. what? <laughs> oh. Well, we'd know, but also if we didn't know and he showed up, we'd be like, huh? <laughs> no, he's on the bear. He I don't mean in, in terms, I just mean in terms of, like, being, like, that's a weird match sure, sure, sure. to hold back or whatever. Yeah. Maybe he he's in make, the, what is it, Henry Sugar? Yeah, I would say, maybe, it makes maybe. less sense there, I feel like. Yeah, I get the impression there are only British people sure, in that yeah. movie. Um, yeah, so, so I guess we, should, we haven't mentioned what the movie is, and I mean, obviously, this is a very short sure, well-known sure, movie know, or whatever, it's a, but, it's a big uh, movie, but just, yeah. uh, if, for any listeners who aren't familiar with the Royal Tenenbaums, I guess, to give the basic setup, uh, it's a, it's like a wealthy New York City family, um, uh, led by, you know, Gene Hackman is the, the father, and, uh, Angelica Houston is the mother, uh, they, uh, separate very early uh although they don't mm-hmm. divorce and angelica yes. houston raises the, all the children who grow up yep. to be played by um gwyneth peltrow ben stiller and um uh owen wilson, luke wilson. wilson. or luke wilson luke wilson that's right luke wilson and then owen yep. wilson is their neighbor 
who is like basically part of the family. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and essentially, like the the thrust of the plot, right, is Royal Gene Hackman uh, comes back and says that he is dying, that he uh, has six mm-hmm. weeks to live, and that they're all going to sort of come. He's going to try to repair this relationship that these relationships that he never really had. Yeah. Um, uh, and as as the plot goes he, on, he lives yeah. in a hotel and realizes he's out of money. That's yeah. right. Hears that his wife is getting remarried. And is pretending to have stomach cancer yeah. to, uh, yeah. you know, win back the affection of all of his yeah. family through like, you know, stolen like, valor sympathy. Right. Like, it's but. mostly just, it's less, I, I, I And he's also just, start, like, trying to have a place to right. stay. It and, doesn't like, really start as, like, him wanting to be, like, I'm gonna make it up to my family. Sure, it's more yeah. just, like, I'm gonna have a place to live and uh, mm. fuck around with uh, Danny Glover and... <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, prevent make the right. appearances. Yeah. Extremely racist towards Danny Clover yep. on several mm-hmm. occasions. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Um, did you? I don't know if anyone else clogged. Uh, Frank Wood is the actor who is who plays the 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 guy at the 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 hotel who's kicking him out. Who makes a couple sure. of appearances? He's one of my favorite like New York City like character actors who shows up. Sure. Shorts, and so I was just like, yeah, you got. I mean, Seward Cassell is also there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's, he's Max's dad in Bottle and uh, Rushmore, right? Mm, yes. And I'll say the other thing I wasn't like I was not expecting at all was the like the romance subplot between Gwyneth Paltrow and Luke Wilson, mm-hmm. who Jazz. are or Richie and yeah, uh, Richie and Marco. Yes, yeah. who are uh, siblings. She is uh, adopted, uh, yes. but they are still siblings. Um, yeah. and they, uh, they have a, a, a lovely, Chill out, right? man. <laughs> <laughs> they're not blood related. It's okay. <laughs> All right, Cullen, you have All some, right. uh, I... some things you want to tell us about your ears. <laughs> I don't need to talk too much about this, but this is, I, I said after seeing this, that my main, my main takeaway from seeing <coughs> this again, other than I still love this movie is. I I do think it maybe directly came from him at least because the timing works out like throwing around ideas of mm-hmm. how he would adapt Infinite Jest and that is the thing where like the the thing that is the most like where did this come from is the adoption incest which that is a thing in Infinite Jest sure that you the know there's other also... like there's obviously the tennis stuff there were a few other things where I was just like that feels like an idea he could have had uh from Infinite Jest I do it's enough where I'm like I think this is what happened uh I don't know I mean that, there's also like the Louis Mall influence of like, sure is, is European yeah, there's, uh, interest and in incest. Yeah, there's, <laughs> sure, there's plenty. You know, there's plenty of stuff where all this stuff come from. It is just like it sure, makes yeah, yeah. a lot of sense that it, after that it would be Rushmore, on his mind. Sure. that he yeah. might be like, oh, I could adapt this soup. You know, this book that came, the book came out in '97, and that mm-hmm. you know is. Just has a lot of subject matter. I mean, like, you know, the royal character is not totally out of line with the the patriarchal figure uh, who is deceased by the time most of Infinite Jest is happening. But um, 
So yeah. what, uh, what, I want to know more of what you thought, Andy, it being your first yeah. time watching it. Yeah, I mean, I I was like on board the whole time through. Basically, I was a little thrown off by like yeah by that subplot and just it being like oh this is what, like the conclusion that it's building towards is like they're they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna get together like and we're gonna celebrate mm-hmm. that or whatever. Um, but like I do like I think it's like yeah the 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 way that I think especially like and I think the key to the movie really working for me is uh Danny Glover and his performance who good. I think yeah is really excellent um he like has a really funny bit where he falls in a pit early on yes. uh, when they're yeah, walking that's really good because uh, uh, uh is uh, an archaeologist right yeah. yeah and like you don't think I don't really think of Danny Glover as like a big physical comedy guy or whatever but he yeah, really no. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. Well. Like, there's like more of those in this than yeah. they're like simpler than they are in future Wes Anderson movies. Like in future sure. movies, if he's gonna do a physical comedy bit, it like has to be a Rube Goldberg machine. Whereas right. this one, you have that, and you have uh, towards the end uh, Ben Stiller throwing the priest down the stairs. Yeah, uh, when he's chasing Owen Wilson. Yeah. Um, but I do think like yeah, tracking the. The relationship between Danny Glover and Gene Hackman and Angelica Houston and like how that is all sort of yes like ping ponging off of each other. I think it's just like it's just like a really interesting like deep dynamic that like like you know it, it really underscores the patheticness of Royal and like how yes. much he is like like he is like feels entitled to things and like is like doesn't mm-hmm. actually know how to like work for them and earn them. <laughs> Uh, and it's just like, well, this is just how things should be or whatever. Like, I just, it, it should all just sort of fall into place uh, for me. Uh, sort of his is his attitude. And like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I do think like that sort of spine of it really works for me. Um, uh, the, the Gwyneth Paltrow um, uh, smoking stuff is also really interesting. Like, she's yeah, such an interesting right. character where it's she's like, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's Incredible. like really like is a an, an enigma to her family and like keeps stuff mm-hmm. from them and is like so good at at compartmentalizing and hiding stuff and like that like that as a character for Gwyneth Paltrow to play I think is like obviously yes. like really like she's good at that um yeah. uh, and... which not to harp on it but keeping smoking secret from your family is also an infinite jest thing though it's weed in that <laughs> sure <laughs> um and like yeah and then like the way that the the family react like there's the scene towards the end where like Angelica Houston's like, how long have you been a smoker? And she says 22 years. Yeah. And then yeah. Angelica Houston's response is just, I think you should quit. Like, it's just like exactly what, yeah. like she doesn't make a huge deal about like, Oh, you've been keeping the secret from me or whatever. Right. Or like, I never knew. Yeah. How have I not known for all these years or whatever? She's just like, well, I think what would be best for you is like, if you'd made the healthy choice and quit or whatever, like, like that yeah. sort of like how, how her as a mother, her mothering style was like, you know, she she was obviously like in the prologue. You learn they were all like exceptional children who were like right. known and all in the press prodigies. and whatever, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and 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 yeah, and just thinking about how messed up they are as adults, obviously, and how yeah, and how being raised to just be excellent without being a necessarily being a child and like being raised mm-hmm. in that method of like yeah. Well, I'm not going to give you a childhood. I'm going to like make sure you excel and like are set up for like huge success yeah. in life or whatever. How that has like 
really like broken them so that they are all yes. like drawn back to home in adulthood and like yeah. you know Ben Stiller is um like he's so scared uh, I mean right. you know his wife has Which died also in the last year. his wife yeah. right I mean it is um, interesting he, that like, emotionally yeah. emotionally able to 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 handle that at all yeah. Yes. yeah it is interesting that like all of them made it into their adulthood and it's not like they like were uh super successful as teenagers and then like couldn't be adults like they all made it a little bit like richie didn't uh flop out of tennis till 27 right they've all, uh, like they've Margo, had relationships like, had, like right Margot had plays that like were successful and played and uh yeah. is married and then she wrote at uh, least three Chaz's, that got published yeah <laughs> that's right because uh, richie's always reading the three and then yeah uh Chaz, like we don't necessarily you know has a, a nice apartment in new york and was married and has a family yeah you said you didn't like it, Emilio? <laughs> yeah, I truly just don't know. There are just moments, like, what the moment that Andy mentioned where she's just like, well, I think you should quit. Those are the sorts of things that I often... It's like, I watch a video that is sort of trying to, like, parody or make fun of Wes Anderson, and it's full mm-hmm. of a lot of stuff like that, and I right. think, like, no, but his movies aren't really that much like that. Come on, like you're being unkind. And then I watch Royal Tenenbaums, and I'm like, huh, are they really like that? Like there is just like a weird, there's just like moments of glibness that I find a little annoying. Right. I don't know if like Stiller and that character work for me at all. Uh, there are, I guess, elements of that character that work for me, but it's mostly just the kids in Royal more than right. Yeah, what still. The Why montage where they're all like doing? out causing trouble or whatever. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. Is really yeah, I good. I think that's what I what, why I like this movie the most this time oh. is the, I get I think just in mem and remembering the first time they'd watched it, I think I was I in my mind I thought Stiller was more of the main character than he really is. Like sure. where in the movie he is very yeah. much like one of six different things going right. on and like royal. And, like, is the yeah, main character kind really of has to. the least to do until the end. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I can see it. Like, there... He does just, like, he had not advanced as far as a stylist as he had, like, even by uh, the next movie. And so, like, if there's stuff where it's, like, that's a little far which like i i could see some of those scenes maybe watching it this time and was just like i don't care because there's so much stuff i love and like the stiller performance even is maybe where i saw most of that but it is like there's less to like gloss over the stuff that maybe is like too glib or that doesn't doesn't you know if there is stuff that isn't 100 percent working for you i can see how it is harder to ignore than in the more stylized movies yeah i feel like stiller when i when i had rewatched it earlier this year i think he stood out to me more than he ever had and i think it's like one of my other favorite stiller performances is in meyerwitz uh Mm -hmm. which is a you know they could be in conversation with each other these movies but the um mm-hmm. he uh him playing just like the anxiety of like every like being a kid who like was so advanced in business and like wore the same suit every day right. and now is like switched to 
an adult who is uh you know had this tragedy with his uh wife and now is uh nervous about everything and making his kids like run fire drills every night and uh also having to like the way the when he walks in with the kids uh like during you know um uh houston's like dinner that she's having and she's like what are you doing here and he's like we gotta stay over <laughs> like just like yeah. trying to play it so casual yeah it, it all obviously builds to the <coughs> the various explosions like his uh argument in the closet with uh hackman and then yeah uh what happens at the wedding um yeah and then oh. continues to like i think a, a very like devastatingly beautiful like him with Hackman after yeah. when he just like finally relents and is like it's been a tough year and then yeah. like him being the last one to like see him before he dies like as yeah. they're giving us the epilogue uh I just think it's so perfect yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. and it, 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 he, I, I think he like yeah. is playing all of that in a way that like is just exemplary <laughs> um but I, I guess I see I mean I, I I can't I can't say that I see you how you couldn't like it. It yeah. just it, yeah. it varies. Uh, you mentioned just... uh, the the argument in the closet, and I do uh, like the thing I noticed so much in that scene, and like I did notice a lot in this movie that I feel like I haven't noticed to as much extent in Wes Anderson's other movies is his use of lighting in it, like and how sure. like I mean Yeoman is doing incredible. There's like yeah. like and how like different the environment is in that closet when it's like the door is a slightly ajar, so that's the light quality in the room versus the door is closed versus the overhead lap light is on and like so harshly like get, uh, lighting everything with that light. And then like there's also like the scene where. Ben Stiller is like telling Gene Hackman that he has to go to sleep and is like closing the door on him as he's like in the middle of reading a book and like the amount of light that's like on him as you can tell like as the door is closing and like all this lighting the lighting throughout I thought was just like really like yeah. interesting and like noticeable in a good way in a way that I hadn't picked up on in, in the other Wes Anderson movies I'd seen. Yeah. And then also just like that he's the only child who's like resistant. It, I mean yeah. It just builds perfectly, I think. I mean, it kind of. I mean, Margot is just like this guy doesn't, well, yeah. hasn't ever really wanted to have a relationship with me, and yeah. I don't really want to have one with him. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I think you know that is she says at the end that part of why she connected with Eli is over Richie, but I think part of it is just that like they are both outsiders to this yeah. family in a similar way. She just technically was adopted by them. Yeah. Um, the stuff that, like, now bumps me more is the Luke Wilson suicide attempt. Which no, is, I still, I mean, I mean, it, ahead, it works. But... I, I, it's just that is like the one thing that when I watched it for the first time, I was like shaken to my core. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Every, every sort of, like, I've gone in waves with my approach to that scene, or uh, my sort of uh, reaction to that scene, and now I'm on sort of just, like, uh, it, I, I think it works uh, out of, like, necessity, but it doesn't really, like, I, 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 it doesn't hit me as hard as it used to. Mm -hmm. I think the attempt, like, works, but 
the thing I was talking about that made that is like the glibness that most just like the moment in the movie that most made me like sort of weirdly angry was the conversation was the suicide note conversation where he's like, but can I read it? And they're like, no, it's a suicide note. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? This is so annoying <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. And I and I sort of I completely understand why there are situations that there are situations in which I find that those sorts of like tat a tat dialogue yeah. exchanges mm-hmm. is charming but it, this movie it just like it hurts my teeth a little sometimes yeah mm-hmm. i just don't know what to say yeah, there I, I i guess if i was just trying to put pinpoint it that i i really like the two movies before this so i like mm-hmm. bottle rocket i guess probably more than anyone here and i like rush more mm-hmm. also probably more than any uh, than anyone else because i really love rush more and then I, mean, I, like, I I remember liking Rushmore almost as much as this. It's just been so long. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I, unlike this, I hadn't seen it a bunch of times. And then I like really love the later stuff. And I mm-hmm. think there is maybe something about like this 2000s period where mm-hmm. I think the like level of just a trying to grapple with like normal human emotions plus the construction is at a, like a weird seesaw for me where I don't think they're not they don't seem complimentary to me in my eyes as to when he's more leaning in one direction or the other yeah i don't know i mean it is like you know it is text of the movie whether what the production was or not that like what is happening is he is condensing this like very big literary thing and that it's being set up as this you know novel you know whether it's wallace or you know it's also like i think the corrections came out the same year and it's very corrections yeah Uh, it it is um the uh when whatever like you it shows like the chapter headings or whatever mm -hmm, the text mm -hmm. underneath is always like it just it reads like translated stage directions or whatever like it re- mm-hmm. like I you do mm-hmm. get a sense that like this would not be an enjoyable book to read really like it's sure. like really good that it's being visualized <laughs> in this way. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Alec Baldwin's yeah. reading it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny that Baldwin never came back. Did they not I know. like each other? Or... I mean, I, I I I do wonder how what like he famously came Baldwin back for the uh, the Wes Anderson horror movie sketch on SNL. He did the narration sure. again yep. for that. <laughs> of course. Um, he never worked with Baldwin again. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, like I know, like Hackman hated him, right? Well, it's yeah, like, I think they yeah. they butted heads a lot. Is that yeah. how the story goes? Which is crazy because um, he's so good in it. I mean, it is an incredible performance from Hackman. Yeah, yeah. Though it is sort of like it is sort of weirdly almost in the like Boogie Night uh, Burt Reynolds thing where the the bump it kind of, kind of works for what it's doing. Sure, his entire character is just being like sure. Yeah. You should be wilder and crazier and all of this. Like, the weird right. constructive way you've all lived your lives is uh-huh. ultimately unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's really good. That is yeah. sort of... I mean, he's really good. I think what struck me this time was Houston is really good. Yeah. I think yes. she is, like, yeah. She definitely struck me more than she ever has. Like, she does a lot of work for like grounding the movie emotionally and she is very funny in those scenes when with uh danny glover yeah 
the whole scene where he's like half where uh, Jack Hackman is like half lying about whether he's dying or not is very funny and she does very good yes. yeah. work in that scene. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think if someone had asked me what my favorite performances in this movie were in the, like, big intervening time of not having said, I, I probably would have said Paltrow and Luke Wilson, and I do feel like basically every i still love both of those performances and like basically everyone else also struck me that much this time uh like yeah certainly like like i didn't even remember what danny glover's role in the movie was other than he was in it because it had been so long and was certainly like oh yeah he is so good uh and you know, hackman in houston certainly too owen wilson also uh owen so Wilson's funny also really good yeah <laughs> Uh, I wish I had it. Uh, yeah, the, the line is great. I mean, that's great, but there's another one. There's like, why would you go out of your way to say you didn't like something or whatever? Oh yeah, it, no. Why would you go out of your way to say that someone isn't a genius? Right, yes, yes, funny. yes, exactly. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Or at the end when he's being confronted and he's like. I realize that I need help, and I'm accepting your help. He just yeah. runs out and gets in the car and comes back ten minutes later with all the face paint. Yeah, yeah. Not ten minutes later in real life, in yes, the context yeah. of the movie, but in the um, length movie. And of course, right. we should mention but, High on Masculine. Um, Owen yeah. Wilson, of course, but I co- think... co-wrote the movie too with yes. uh, yeah. with Anderson. Yeah. I his do last think writing credit. Th- there's another line he has that That's is more like him explaining his process or him talking about something with the book that is very good, but I can't remember. Yes, it he. I mean, I, he yeah. has a lot of great he's, lines. Yeah, he's a very funny character. <laughs> right, um, like there's a bit I think where someone's like, "Why don't you think people responded to the this book as much as the last one?" And he's like, "Well, I don't think it's so much that they didn't respond to it." As, uh, yeah, I. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I'm glad that it looks like we're getting Schwartzman back as, like, one of the leads in Asteroid City yeah. for the first time in a long time. I do hope that Owen Wilson also gets that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, Darjeeling's another one I haven't seen in forever. See, I rewatched Darjeeling, and he's mm-hmm. kind of my weak link in it. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, uh, where it's, I like, mean, Brody I, I and Schwartzman are so, are so much stronger, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is, like... I guess Schwartzman's role in Fox is pretty good, but other than that, sure, neither yeah. of them had had like a big role in one of his movies since Darjeeling. And yeah, and in Asteroid City, it looks like he's like yeah. basically the yeah. lead. Uh huh. Which is great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do we have any? Uh, we should. Do we have any other like Asteroid City like thoughts or hopes or or expectations? I mean, I'm excited. Like... I think it's gonna be great. It's coming. You know, we'll see it. We'll all. You know, hopefully, you all have gotten to see it. A chance to see it, like by the end of next month. It's I mean, on right, it comes AFI's out website soon. already. Yeah. I think um, uh, trailers already. You know, I mean, I said like, I saw yeah. Tenenbaums there. They like do. He must just like make so much money for them. They do. Basically, every time he has a new movie, they're like, and also we're gonna show five old ones. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, uh, were there any? Do, do we have any more thoughts on Tinnabombs? I guess before we move to the Asteroid City and other. Um, the ending is good. I like Glover's yeah. son at the end. Yeah, yeah, like with, nice yeah. little yeah. bit at the end where they're talking yeah. about insurance. That's a, like a fun yes. little. 
Yeah. Th- that's yeah. such a fun little moment. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, we didn't mention any of the music at all, obviously. It's like a very... Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. It's all dude great. is perfect when they play it. Yeah. So much gambling. Oh, yes. We do need to talk about this. <laughs> Have you seen this TikTok, Jesse? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm going to send it to you real quick. Great. Um, this is going to get posted in the group chat. A, yes. A um, the, the, the music that mo- that most stuck out to me was the 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 Charlie Brown Christmas music was sure yeah sure, sure that's great is, is great uh, that um, I mean you know the two for me remain these days a needle in the hay partially because I wouldn't have known those songs when I first saw the movie a hundred percent I mean I said this when yeah. I watched it on Letterboxd that I think it was the first time in my life I had heard Hey Jude and like so <laughs> many other songs uh, no doubt. And uh, the song that I like when it's used the most, it might be Ruby Tuesday. I, re- I really that like that's a great also one. Really yeah. good. The yeah. Judy's a punk scene is great. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, the thing of the Charlie Brown Christmas music is so... it's sort of it that it, it, the thing it now just recalls the most for me, which is, is sort of development. In the rest of development, <laughs> right. which is like an, I guess an interesting <laughs> comparison point to yeah. Royal yeah. Ten and Bombs. Like, mm-hmm. um, for sure. What's the other one that? Uh, oh, the me and Julio is one that that's all, so just yeah. like any of the big montages that uh, it's always like a great song. Yeah. Um, the TikTok that we were talking about is yeah, I, I can uh, watch it now. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll describe it. Um, it's uh, set up as like someone being on the street getting roasted, <laughs> and it is obviously like uh performed. Um, but it's a woman in like a very tweed dress and like stockings mm-hmm. and shoes, and a guy's like, "Why she get on the?" <laughs> and goes, "I'd stop my rambling." <laughs> and does yeah. like a very specific impression of uh, the these music. days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, <coughs> it, it just by coincidence came into uh, my life <laughs> as uh, like three two days before we uh, recorded this and. Uh, I've watched it 800 times. Me and Colin just been doing a lot of ice. I don't do too much gambling back and forth a lot. (laughs) A lot of O's. Gambling with like a lot of E's. Um, But yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Great. Crazy crazy (laughs) Nico sings like that. Uh, Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's one of his best. A lot of yeah. great fashion in it. Obviously, it's like mm-hmm. doing yeah. the like seventies, eighties sort of just like mm-hmm. you love the headband. You said tweety, the headband. Yeah, Richie's look is really yeah. good. Yes. I guess that is the, my Even thing. Without the headband. that is like maybe a little bit of the pushback of of the. Uh, God, I forgot the title. What's the book called again? Uh, Infinite Jest. Infinite Jesty thing. Where it's it might strike me more as just like I think Wes Anderson and uh, and, and David Foster, Wallace. Foster Wallace are just maybe into the same things and it's into the like, similar period because it's like also like uh, a d- different like bomb back obviously but Squid and the Whale also has like Tennessee stuff and it has the like sort of New yes. York time periody stuff. I I mean I had I think I. The first time I watched The Squid and the Whale was shortly after reading Infinite Jest, and I certainly had that thought, but, like, it's a lot more here than there. And also, like, Squid and the Whale is about his family much more. Yeah. 
this feels, you know, maybe this is what Wes Anderson's family was like, but it feels much more yeah. uh, constructed. It, it, I mean, it's for sure constructed, and I, there yeah. certainly might yeah. be some in here, like uh, Infinite Jest I'm not in saying that he necessarily, like, he had a script that was called Infinite Jest, and at a certain point, no. he crossed it off and he wrote the Royal Tenenbaums, but yeah. I think that... It seems likely to me that there was a point after Rushmore where he was like, maybe the next thing is I'm going to try and do this. Um, yeah, for and sure. And then this happened instead. Yeah. I guess I, my thought of just like, just like the realization of this time was just like, yeah, I guess if you were like, maybe like a middle class, the upper middle class white guy in the late 70s, you were probably sure. into like tennis in the New Yorker. Or- uh, 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 <laughs> sure. Is this his the t- only... The tennis stuff is not similar to that well it's mostly not i mean the tennis stuff is just he's just doing bjorn borg he's just doing the bjorn borg story of a guy who was very sure. good when he was young and then flamed out spectacularly which right then yeah. it gets turned into seven days in hell by andy samberg yeah, right. like the yeah. Mm-hmm. is this his only new york city movie um probably because I guess all his movies have, I guess, very distinct settings, right? He tends not to set a movie in the same place twice, it seems like. No, I guess there hasn't been. Do they end up in New York at the end of Darjeeling? I feel like they're back in the States. Oh, they, um, no, it's a flashback. Um, It's a flashback. uh, To the funeral. Um, Okay. But I don't remember if that's New York or something. Yeah, I don't. And then, you know, yeah, Rushmore, I feel like, is, and... Rushmore and Battle Rocket, I feel like, are more just like suburbia. Yeah, uh, yeah like, that's Bottle what I Rocket's explicit, explicitly like Texas. And I, yeah. I Texas, okay. I don't like, know I, about Rushmore. I do think, like, probably yeah. in my mind, I was like, probably both of those movies are set in Texas, but it's like not recognizably sure. in like a similar sort yeah. of yeah, milieu. Or well, and it's yeah. also like it's like obviously, I mean, it's obviously it's like a fantasy New York or whatever. Like the streets are like right. in the like the three hundreds or whatever, where it's just like yeah, when there's a three hundred fifty seventh Street Y, right, which is like right. way yes. further than Manhattan <laughs> actually extends. But like yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because like it does like it feels like a, a thing that he would want to return to. Uh, I love it. Capturing New York City um, in some way. I but. mean, I don't know who he does. He might have just, you know, it's not like he doesn't seem to spend much time in the United States. Sure, that's yeah. true. He's like a fancy <laughs> Europe boy now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, and he's also like, he like, his, his movies are like cheap these days, right? They're like cheaper than you would think they are for like. The, how I don't know, but that it. wouldn't surprise me. I mean, right. I think not, he does. You know, it's not like they make a ton of money. I don't right. Think. It's like they have to do like more like model stuff than you think they would mm-hmm. or something. Like, yeah. That's right I, f- I feel like obviously there's a lot of set stuff and like probably most of a lot of Royal Tenenbaums of the set. But I do feel like there is some like I'm we're shooting in New York stuff. And I do not know if he would. Yeah. That's a thing he would even be like. He would yeah. even entertain doing just like from a sure. process standpoint. I don't yeah. Think he doesn't really want yeah. to do it anymore. But I'd, I'd love to see it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I, it is a touchstone picture, which I like was like really, I, sure. I was very tickled to see the touchstone logo. Of the yeah. school uh, lightning <laughs> bolts money for uh, coming through at the beginning. It's like, wow. He's, you know. Um, Does Rushmore have the Gracie Films logo? Oh, man. I don't know. It's, it's, seeing the Gracie remember. Films logo before oh, yeah, you there got it to be Margaret. <laughs> It's it so felt good. really good. It was really, it was really exciting. Yeah, in front of a movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I'm trying to think where the other ones were set. Mostly. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
uh, I think Moonrise Kingdom is like upstate New York. Is like that sure. sounds right. Um, and I mean, truly, treat yourself to a Moonrise Kingdom rewatch if it's been a minute. I the movie is I should yeah gorgeous looking. I remember liking it quite a lot when I saw it. And I think yeah. I mean I I one of the reasons that I love uh, Moonrise Kingdom so much is how much of it is just like. You don't see him photographing nature often, Mm-mm. and mm-hmm. uh, or like even at the outdoors. I guess right. I don't really yeah. associate with, but and yeah. Asteroid City also seems to have a lot right. of like we're outside, and I think that's a yeah. great sign. And I I know Andy is uh, sort of uh, said that he's skeptical of the trailer and feels that it. Yeah, that I mean, I feel general... like he just does a trailer well for me. Like I feel like his strengths don't. Come I think out the Dispatch trailer is really good. I, 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 I like soft it agree with the asteroid trailer that's maybe like not the best exemplification of his qualities as a filmmaker, especially these days. But I think the dispatch trailer, it like depends. I don't know. Some yeah, I, I, I think it is it, whether or not it is good. It does make me excited just because I, I love the way the, the, the way it looks. Uh, and I'm just excited to see, you know, yeah. how far it goes. <laughs> um, Something else I guess I, I, I've been thinking a lot about now in the course of this conversation is he used, like, how he uses kids so much uh, in mm-hmm. so many of his movies, including it looks yeah. like um, Asteroid City has a, has a lot of yeah. kids stuff. And, like, how, like, none of those kid actors, like, necessarily go on to do much. Like, none of the the kids in Royal Tenenbaums really. <laughs> well, I mean, like... Tony Reveroli. Sure. Obviously. Yeah, um, and... Uh... The Moonrise Kingdom gets on Twitter. Um, yeah, still acts. The other one sure, is like yeah. in stuff. Um, I'm trying to think who. I mean, J- Jake Ryan is the kid in. He's he's one of the little brothers in Moonrise Kingdom, and he's the mm-hmm. son in Asteroid City. Hedges, and he was in eighth grade. Right, Hedges. Um, also. Hedges, Hedges, yeah. Oh, right. sure. Hedges, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's like a relatively normal hit I mean, rate of the kids. And technically Jason Schwartzman, he was sure, you know right. right, yeah. Yeah. Um and then also his And new- Evan Moss background. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> hugely uh hugely <laughs> launched him. Um uh and then of course uh, his use of animals is also just really interesting. Yeah. Um yeah. I feel like that's a thing is that like a dog dies and all the Right. Yeah, yeah people talk about like yeah. and yeah. like it's not given any emotional weight, I would say. Like it like in Tenenbaums? Not really. Like, I mean... No, I disagree completely. That yeah, is, like, a no. crushing scene. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It feels like... I don't know. I got, it, it, You know, you don't really feel the characters reacting to it very much, I guess. And, like... And they also, they, like, immediately <laughs> replace the dog. Um, no, that's, like, a thing of, like... It, that works... I wouldn't have even thought of explaining... But it works really well to me that, like... Basically what happens in that scene is that... Hackman is just like, oh, I'll just go get another dog, which is a crazy thing to do. Yeah. And Stiller is like, fine, I guess he's trying. This is really nice, even though it's crazy to yeah. immediately just get a new dog. Yeah. Uh, no, that really works for me. Yeah, I, 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 that seems great. Like them getting a new dog, I, like, I also think that works because it's also like sort of exemplifies what Royal's positive qualities are, which is that he's a guy who's like is Can unwilling, uh, unwilling to make himself. Well, yeah, to make deals, but also to like to let things bog him down to be like, right. well, 
yeah, like you can't sort of just like let the whole perfect thing happen. You need to sort of find the yeah. next thing that's going to make you happy and move on and like yeah. keep on going. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's something about, yeah, the way that it was handled. I like was like, I don't feel the appropriate gravity is being given to the loss of this dog for some reason. But I guess you guys feel different. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um, that is like the scene that I remember the most is like, all right, mm-hmm. be ready because it's about to hit. Like, uh, this is I mean, an emotional wave is about to hit you. <laughs> that's not the scene that's that in this movie for me, but it's a very good scene. Uh, I mean, to go back to what Andy said earlier about, like, Royal Tenenbaum is uh, shockingly racist. I did not remember that. And then it is like, oh, yeah, that is what, uh, for a, the little bit, does him in is that Glover is finally just like, you can't fucking do this. Yeah. Uh, and gets him kicked out. Yeah. And it's also like, it is sort of, uh, no. The seventy, yeah, the, the guy who yeah. it makes right. sense that he is that kind yes. of a racist for yes. sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Popeye Doyle. Yeah, it is the Popeye Doyle. I did having recently watched the original Superman when I yeah I was I, I, there were similar performances I think of just like <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of bravado, <laughs> a lot of funny outfits. Yeah. Yeah, when they become, I forgot about that beat where they become the, like a hotel employee. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then he's immediately like a cover for me immediately. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. good. Pagoda. Yeah. Pagoda's like, he has cancer. It's very funny. <laughs> Pagoda's good. Yeah. And he stabs him, right? At the, in the yeah. taxi. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I did notice Royal keeps uh, Skippy in the fridge, which struck me as Whoa. an interesting character detail that he keeps. I do love the scene the where he, like, is like eating a giant cheeseburger, <laughs> and it's like, you have stomach issues. Is that something you should be having? <laughs> yeah. Right. How much like right? How much theatrical stuff he does to like make it seem yeah. like he has cancer, but then like. Of course, he's not going to, like, change his behavior at all. Right, he's just yeah. Gonna, yeah. He's just going to have all the accoutrements of having yeah. cancer. And, you know, also, like, running around right. with the kid. He's always just, yeah, like, I mean, waving his cane around, like, not actually yeah. using it at all. Maybe one of his low-key best moments of acting, of just, like, a very real moment of acting, is him laughing at the play at the end. Sure, I mean... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's that feels a lot a very of that. real, just like, ha, yeah, I got it. Yeah. yeah. Laugh, yes. that's very good. It's very dad-like in a way that... Yeah. yeah. The, um... Seymour Cassell as, like, the fake doctor also is really funny. Mm-hmm. When he's giving... Who is he giving uh, medical advice to at the end? At the... Oh, is it, um... Is it Eli? I don't... Maybe not. I was no. gonna say, is it, um... Is it Murray? <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember. I don't remember. I do remember. I, I don't remember. Yeah. 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 But he's like, yeah. Murray also very, very solid in it. Yeah. He's With solid. Dudley. Yeah, I mean, he's he, the th- most that, just like, right, eh, that, he's just here. That character is yeah. not designed to pop in any way, I feel like. So, yeah. It's like, fine. Um, yeah. Right. Was that it? I, think I, I, mean, I feel like that's yeah, it. Unless does anyone else yeah. have anything yeah. else to say about like Asteroid City or anything coming I'm just, up? Or, I'm excited. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, you know. I'm excited I, to hear also, the soundtrack. I guess Sorry. I'll also out mm. myself of 
And I just might really like Isle of Dogs, guy. I think that's I, need a I like Isle of Dogs. I don't love Fox. it, but it's yeah. good. Like, it's not as good as Fox, but that I is, like it quite That is bit. maybe more than, like, any of his movies, the one where I'm just like, this might be 100% construction, but I just like watching and listening to all, mm-hmm. the, the whole yeah. way that movie sure. works. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. Cranston is, like, excellent in that movie. Yeah, I gotta rewatch really it. Yeah. It's, that is, like... There's only a few that I've seen one time, and it's Bottle Rocket and uh, Isle of Dogs. And yeah. I, I've only seen Bottle Rocket once, but that was like a one where I sort of weirdly remember just watching it on a whim and being like, yeah. you know what, I really like that. But mm-hmm. I think I am more like the sort of guy who likes a person's first movie, where it's just like mm-hmm. they maybe don't have their whole thing here, but I think what they sure. do have is very charming. And good. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. It helps to have would, Owen and let's get James Con Con and yeah, there. Right. yeah. It would be cool to person. see Cranston pop in Asteroid City. It, you yeah. know, to see him like finally pop in a live action yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm it's, excited it's, to see and, and like Hank, the Hank like stuff. Yeah, it's like right. Hank, Hank in Asteroid cool. City. Where it's just like he's yeah. a guy who has such a thing where it's always fun to see somebody come in and and play in that. I mean, I'll be the one person who thinks Hanks is really good in the Lady Killers. I really like sure. that performance. Um, um, it's like I feel like people don't talk about um, Bruce Willis in Moonrise Kingdom enough, and that's like a he's very good performance. I'd like to see that again. I yeah. And I mean, that is just like everyone has their moment. McDormand's yeah. great. I mean, Tilda Norton, has her great little. Norton scene. is so good in Norton Moonrise. Is, he's yeah. so good in Dispatch, and it. In, in, and he's so, I dispatch is also the one I've only seen once. I, I've, and he's very good in uh, the Grand Budapest. Also, he just yeah. he just yeah, the, he works well with Wes. Yeah, They're I mean, together. but in dispatch, he has his little walk. His little it's so good. <laughs> yeah, he's he's in Asteroid City, right? Who Norton. is he? I think not. Maybe not. Who's in Henry Sugar? It's Cumberbatch, and then it's. It's uh, not. It's mostly not people who. It's like Cumberbatch, Iowati. Um, right, that'll be good. Um, um, Def Patel, Ray Fine, Ben King, Fines, Rupert, Rupert Friend, obviously, who he likes Rupert now. Rupert Friend, yes. Yeah. See, and there's the the scene. I'm excited I, for that. I gotta movie. rewatch French Dispatch. Yeah, French. Dispatch I said five good. years, but maybe two's enough. <laughs> I know you. I mean, it's it definitely. Would, it would be really tough for you if you didn't like it again. I feel like you'd really take that yeah, hard. Yeah, sure. You... Uh, yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where if you watch it again and you didn't like it, then it it would just, you know, that's that's it's almost three strikes you're out. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, Norton more... is in Asteroid City, though. I Great. don't know if it's. I like. I don't remember if what, he's in the sure, trailer, yeah. but he's in it. Well, I mean, a there's a few bit. like Robbie's not in the trailer, right? There's um, a lot of stuff that it it feels like they're not showing. For, I, yeah, sure. I feel like it's, it's exciting be... how much Hope Davis is in the trailer. For sure, sure. yeah. And uh, there's and animated stuff, there. right? Oh, is there? I think there's a little bit of animation in both of his upcoming movies. I think it's the, the report. Yeah, what do we? I mean, does Henry Sugar have a, have a date? No, no, it's but Netflix. So just it, they had it on there. This is the stuff that's coming out this year, but it isn't one of the ones they gave a date to. Sure. Yeah. Well, he they were just like it's do, fall or winter to do can Venice. It can oh happen. yeah, it would. I think that. I mean, it also happen. could just be like New York or uh, <laughs> right. London, but yeah, he likes. It yeah. Could, he's. I think Darjeeling was Venice, maybe. If um, he's done it. 
if they put Henry Sugar in can competition, I mean in Venice competition, and Davy Chazelle is the president, <laughs> he's gonna get a trophy. <laughs> he's leaving has with he some had, hardware. Has Wes at one ever won anything major at a at a film festival? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's like a big he, New York guy who doesn't give out. He awards, was like he didn't win a bear, but he was winning stuff when he was going to Berlin. Even even Isle of Dogs won something, I sure. think, in Budapest. Um, he like he either like won director for both of them or like yeah, director so in the Grand Prix. Dispatch and Moonraiser, obviously, and mm-hmm. Comp. Um, I don't know that he's ever won an award at Cannes. No. Um, and. He's a big New York film festival guy, which is like an yeah. interesting mm-hmm. place. Yeah, me. even though some of his movies come out in the spring, like I remember uh, Moonrise was a spring movie too, and then Budapest was obviously uh, February. Right, he was getting into Budapest. that rhythm for a little while, where it was like he'd do Berlin, and then it would come right. out in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the spring. Right, Budapest Isle did Dogs win the too. jury prize at Berlin, and, and Isle of Dogs won director. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, um, and then uh, he won. The little golden lion at Venice for Darjeeling, whatever that is. What? <laughs> this is per Wikipedia. Is that like a kid's jury? Like, where the... <laughs> it's uh, Mumford and Sons. <laughs> Venice little golden lion. Darjeeling Limited. I need to know what this is now. Yeah. Um. This may be just. Like I've never heard of it being given to anyone else. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Um Where's this at? There's no citation on Wikipedia. See, yeah, this is maybe mm. just we get I got tricked. Maybe. There let's see, is we'll it the Venice page? Oh, the, so there's a citation the, for the like general awards on the the amazing. Venice Awards wiki for that year. The little golden lion went to the Dark Dealing Limited by Wes Anderson. It's also on IMDb, but IMDb doesn't have a citation either. What is this? I. <laughs> Folks, we're putting out a call to action. I know. Hold, wait, you need yeah. to find out for us yeah, what the hell is the little, golden, the lion little is, golden lion Why we only find one movie that's ever won it, what the criteria were, what they said about it at the time. We need your help. Okay, here's another one. In 1998, Amir Costa Rica won the little golden lion for black cat, white cat. Okay, here we go. Uh, Thank you. A go- uh, also called the Golden Lion Cub, a jury of local youth, local youth. Excuse me. Well, studying kingdom. Venice school near uh, Lido. Um, so it is like it's a bunch of students, like a film club yes. for students or something. In 18 previous editions, the school children have correctly picked the winner of the Golden Lion seven times. Uh, Did they see Finders the by movies? UNICEF. <laughs> they must. How old are the children? <laughs> uh, it's a jury of 26 boys and girls financed by UNICEF and the Italian Association for Entertainment UNICEF. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Education. 6 to 11. 
No. The Hollywood uh, Reporter article they must has been be deleted. Um, but yeah, a Golden Lion Cub, or I guess the Little Golden Lion. If you want to tell us more about the Little Golden Lion, we'll have you on Can I Kick It? If you, you know, you got to have more concrete information, right. whether you, you got to do the you, work, you know, yeah. you know, you could, or, you know, maybe you're, you, you're a UNICEF person, you go back in the archives, or maybe you were involved with the Little Golden Lion. Um, they should bring We'd it love back. to hear more. Do we want to move on to special presentations? Sure, <laughs> sure. I can go first. Uh, I will uh, talk about a movie that is coming out today. I think just everywhere. I, it seems like it's coming out in just regular uh, multiplexes, uh, which is Blackberry, uh, Matt Johnson's new yeah, film. Who excited. I had not... Uh, you know, I know he, I knew he was this, like, funny Toronto guy, uh, but had not seen any of his stuff, uh, and this movie is just so funny. It's, uh, him and then, uh, Jay Baruchel and Glenn Howard Tanner are the, like, three main people of, uh, the people who invented the Blackberry, and it is, it's doing, it's not quite as, like, it's all in one location, and but it is basically doing the Steve Jobs thing of there's it being invented, I think, and then there's, like, when they're at the top, and then there's the third segment literally is, like, and now the iPhone has been invented, and then trying to do damage control. Yeah, uh... Yeah, I mean, that segment is, like, there's also, like, uh, Glenn Howerton's character is uh, trying to buy the Pittsburgh Penguins and move them to Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, but, yeah, it, the first se- the first one is, the first bit is where Matt Johnson as an actor has the most to do, and he is really, really funny He's as a, a performer. Yeah. And, like, he was there and did a Q&A, and it was, uh, you know... Even with people just asking regular Q and A questions, probably the best uh, Q and A I've been to. Uh, no one could phase him. I uh, the soundtrack is also great. Uh, I I don't think I've ever seen Slint in a movie before, and it is a real shortcut. Uh, I'm on board for this scene. Uh, but yeah, it's great. Baruchel, Baruchel and Howerton are doing like more dramatic heavy lifting and I think are also quite good at that. Uh, how they, you know, it's fun of like uh, Baruchel and Johnson are the engineers and then like Glenn Howerton is the business guy and the way right. that he comes on board, which is part of, I'm, I'm sure it gets condensed for the movie, but is very funny. Uh, yeah. Highly, highly recommend. I'm excited, Andy. Uh, yeah, I um, uh, Apple TV Plus recently finished up the second season of Schmigadoon, uh, which of course was known as Schmicago this season, uh, <laughs> which was um, a, a look at uh, more, more six, 60s and 70s musicals pastiche. Uh, so it was a mashup of like Sweeney Todd and Cabaret and. Uh, there was some Jesus Christ superstar and hair in there. Like there's like, it's, it, it really is like a wide range of like stylistic stuff. That's all sort of being mashed up together into one pot. So there's some Annie, uh, like it's like got a lot of like different flavors. So there's like a little bit of like whiplash going from like number to number in some of the episodes, but it's, uh, it's really fun. Especially like if you know, if you know any of that original material, it like 
is 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 playing with it in a fun way. It doesn't end like the best, but like I think it's a very solid season, probably a slightly stronger season than the first season. Uh and it is of course made directly for me. So I thank them for it and I hope they make <laughs> another season because yeah. sure. I what do you certainly... think is next? Do you think do you think next they'll do schmats? Uh maybe. I mean they, right. They need to name it after a place, right? So it's gonna be sure. good. um <laughs> I don't know. The, the, what are the big nineties? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, it's tough because, like, you know, the nineties. Like, they'll it'll probably be a lot of like mega musicals, like Les Misérables and Phantom of the Opera and stuff. The Schmopper. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the, the Schmayan King. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Has anyone <laughs> done the Smyrna dance on that show? <laughs> uh, I'll I'll go next and piggyback off of that because I don't think I ever talked about it oh, when yeah. I watched it. Jesus Christ Superstar is so s- fucking good. Um, Hell yeah. I, we watched uh, the Norman Jewison film and I thought it was great. Um, all the songs slap. Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite is Everything's Alright, which I think is just beautiful and epic. Colin loves a 5-4 time signature. Carl Anderson, great. Yeah. Judas. And maybe Judas isn't so bad after all. <laughs> maybe he was a really conflicted guy. Yeah, and... <laughs> it really, yeah. It gives you a lot to think about, Jesus. <laughs> superstar. I love it. Emilio? We've got heaven on our mind. Uh, what do I... Oh, I watched the film... I rewatched the film Goon the other day. And what can I say? I enjoy the film Goon. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, sure. Lot to love. Jay Barrison, yeah. Jay Baruchel. We're really is... heavy on the Jay Baruchel this week, apparently. <laughs> Jay Baruchel <laughs> yeah, is maybe hey. the weakest link as an actor sure, in yeah. it. Uh, but he like co-wrote it, so I, I have to give him some credit. He directed the sequel, which I have to watch. Um, uh, Sean William Scott, one of our finest. Uh, I truly love the guy, and I think he's an underrated actor, and he doesn't get used enough, and he's very good in Goon. And also... I don't know. It's just a good movie. Just a lot of just a, just like a charming little thing. Was his name Doug Glatt or yeah, Doug Glatt? Yeah. Have you seen yeah. Goon Two? Are you avoiding Goon Two? No, What's I, I I rewatched Goon because I am going to watch Goon Two with a friend. Okay. And also because I'm I'm sort of going hockey mode these days. Last of the Enforcers. Yeah, I I am I'm I've been watching some hockey and been trying to get more immersed in that world. You know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I I got one last thing. I am looking at the uh, nominees for best musical from the '90s, and it's maybe going to be a, a tough thing. There's a lot of either no one has ever heard of this, or it is just an adaptation of another thing. But sure. I've got one more pitch: uh-huh. Schmingin' de Noise, Schmingin' de Funk. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Tap well, dancing. Yeah. I love tap dancing, certainly. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Can I Kick If you want to follow us on Letterboxd or Instagram or Pod, you can email us questions at canikickapod at gmail.com. You can donate money to us at ko-fi.com slash canni, C-A-N-N-E-S-I. Our theme song is by Tree Related, who's on Spotify and SoundCloud at Tree Related. I'm on Twitter at Clatchley, Andy's ADT Germ. Emilio is I'm Laugh Alone, and Jesse is JCP Glick Weber with two Bs. And with that, I will release our audience. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs>